0: Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services.
1: Hi, I'm your host, Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing agents who serve as home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my co-host Melissa Wallace and I will provide you with my team's unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We value the experience of our agents at Boston Connect Real Estate so much that not only will you hear my perspective on real estate topics, occasionally you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of our experienced agents at Boston Connect Real Estate. Be a part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781 837 4900. We love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you like to listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with me at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And
0: hello to all my South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. My name is Melissa Wallace and I am joined in studio My full-time realtor here at Boston Connect Real Estate, Michelle Fay. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I was looking for a co-host tonight, so I put it in our little inner office we have on Facebook, and you were the first one to say, oh, me. I want to come on. I'm so shy. I know. I was surprised. I was like, oh, yes, I'm getting her on. That's for sure. But you've been on the show before, so I'm going to give you a moment to reintroduce yourselves to all of our listeners in case they didn't catch your last show, Okay. Okay
2: i um, Michelle Fay. I'm a full-time realtor here at Boston Connect Real Estate, and I've been in a realtor since 2019, and I love working here, and I can be reached at
0: 339-788-1548. I love how you said... I love working here. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of our agents that come on, you, they they either say it or or they I can feel that they love working here. But like you were just like I love working here, and it's part of your introduction, so I love that. Um, but yeah, no, you you um, have been on the show before, right? And then you also call in from time to time. So when you have a new listing, you're you're always sort of the first one to be like, hey, can I call into the show? And yes. um, usually that's when I know you have a new listing coming on because you're like already ahead of the ball which is good it's good to to have in a realtor um but yeah you're always like hey can i you know call into the to the studio and let everybody know what i have happening in my real estate world so yeah. i love that thank you um but uh, yeah, so, uh, but uh, tonight's show, so I know you said that you're a little shy, a little nervous <laughs> maybe, but but tonight is going to be fun. It's going to be a little fun show. So every year we do this show, it's, it's called Real Estate Lingo, so we talk amongst ourselves like... You know, we have common phrases and words that we use and we know what they mean. But mm-hmm. sometimes, um, you know, in recently I've been saying things like in front of um, friends or family or whatever. And they're like, huh? And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Like, like, they didn't even know what a smoke inspection was. or well, they, they needed like a CMA or something like that. And they're like, what? What is that? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Sometimes you have to like break things down for people because right. they're not like immersed in it. They're so not, they're not in our world. They're not in our world. That is right. So we are going to bring you into our world tonight and have a little fun show with you guys. Um, we are live on Facebook. So if you want to interact with us, hello, Boston Connect Real Estate. I know we're on the uh, McNamara Horton Group page, all of the Connect pages. So if you're a part of um, any of the Connect pages here on the South Shore, you can see us. Hello, Michelle. Might might uh, you might share it on yours if you get a moment. But um, you know you can interact with us. But if you are feeling brave tonight and want to call into the studio, 781-837-4900. Larry is in the studio at WATD, ready to take your call. Right, Larry? I'm right here. I got the phone up to my ear. Uh- <laughs> He's ready. He's ready. So give him a call. Um, okay. So uh, I'm sort of just going to like break it down. So tomorrow, actually, I'm um, doing my uh, CE c- class with Charlie Burke. So, oh. Charlie's been on the show. He owns um, Massachusetts um, Real Estate Academy, it's in Braintree. Um, and every couple of years, as a realtor, we have to renew our license and we have to do what's called continuing education. We're supposed to do 12 hours of it. So, that is what I'm doing oh, bright yeah, and early. Right and early tomorrow. Kristen Howlett, who comes on the show quite often, she is uh doing the class with me. Um, Kristen did the class with me before I think it's like every three years we have to renew our license. I don't even remember. Um, but uh and then uh, Trish Trish Flynn has done the the class with us too. So yeah, it's it's, it's a fun. Full day. Yeah, the, the full you're day all the Okay. I do the full day so yeah. we do have some opportunities throughout the year um, you know some loan officers or attorneys or, or whatnot um, or even the local real estate boards they put on these classes well that um, some are free some you have to pay for and um, and you know they do specific topics mm-hmm. you know educating you on a specific topic with this one it's very broad um, and sort of, gets you back to the basics in Mm -hmm. a way which is good a refresher yeah it's a refresher i know the last time i did it um we spent a lot of time on agency and there was some discrepancy in some of the the agents and and how they (laughs) they understood agency what they did with their agency disclosure and stuff so and we'll go go through later what agency is but um, yeah. So it was interesting, and, and the class was full. There's probably like thirty of us in there. So um, so it was good. There was salespersons and there were realtors and there were brokers in there. So we'll get through uh, what the what that means soon. But um, yeah. We we like to do the all day thing. Plus, like usually we get out a little early so we can um, you know, grab a cocktail somewhere. <laughs> so I, I like that idea. <laughs> Should go to the plaza. Yeah, I know. I think the last time we went to TGI Fridays. Yeah, whatever. They they have a great brownie <laughs> obsession dessert. I like their dessert. <laughs> um, okay, so we're we're just gonna be silly and have fun tonight. So um, let's sort of get down to the basics. So there's there's realtor, there's a salesperson, and then there's a broker. So. Um, you know and just jump in whenever because you know this is our show together okay. <laughs> um so you know when you get your real estate license so in the state of Massachusetts you have to do 40 hours um and you know and that's a class that you have to take other states are a lot more than 40 hours oh, yeah. Yeah, every state is different. I guess they have, like, different regulations throughout the states. I only have my license in Massachusetts. A lot of our agents only have um, their license in Massachusetts. But it's common for Massachusetts agents to have their license in Rhode Island as well and, um, like, New Hampshire, Vermont and stuff. Mm So, um, you know, we do have a a couple of agents that are able to do that. But um, when you go and... Get your license you become a salesperson so you can go out there and you can sell real estate Mm -hmm. Um, and um, but you know it but it it all sort of depends on where you land so different um, companies that you can go to they um, might require you to become a realtor so um, you're a realtor right Mm -hmm. and how did you become a realtor
2: Um, well our whole office is a realtor Mm -hmm. so um... We just pay it a fee, we belong to the National Association of Realtors, and we just hold ourselves to a code of ethics. So, Yeah. We, um...
0: It's sort of like a higher standards, yeah. like I like to say. So like when you first get your license, you sort of get the basic knowledge of what it is to be a real estate mm-hmm. agent. And just, like, a lot of things, like, you don't really know what it is to be it until you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So, like, the class is very good for, like, educating you on, like, broad topics, but it doesn't really teach you how to be a realtor until you're actually doing it. Do you right. agree?
2: Right, and I just did my code of ethics training.
0: Yes, you I did. Just
2: renewed. I had to renew this. Did button. you learn yeah.
0: anything new this time around, like having um, to do it? Because you have to renew. Like that's and again, you have to renew your you know ethics training as well. Did you Did you feel like you learned anything new this well, time? Well, they
2: updated it since COVID. There was a few different you know yeah which made sense. So yeah. Um, Uh, Yeah, no, it was about, you know, I mean, I feel like I'm an ethical person, so it's not like, you
0: know, it was a struggle. No, it was not a struggle for Michelle to be an ethical person because it comes naturally to you. Um, But so you become a salesperson when you get your license. Then you decide that you want to go to an office that might be, um, you know, require you to be a realtor. Because if one person is a realtor in an office, the entire office needs to be a realtor. We are realtors here at Boston Connect Real Estate because we do want to, you know, hold ourselves to a high standard and make sure that we go through the ethics trainings and be a part of local boards because we're always in the know and that's what we want to do we want to do the right thing Mm -hmm. um we want to do what's right by our clients and in order to do that we have to be educated and um so that's why it's important to us so you uh take another class and you get go through your ethics trainings and you become a realtor. Um, there are dues that are associated with that every year. So it's, you know, some people just don't want to do it because they don't want to pay the dues and right. fine. That's that's your prerogative. Here, we all do. You know, that's, that's something that we want. Um, broker, so Sharon is a broker here. So she had to go through additional training. I think it's an additional 40 hours
2: Right. Then don't you have to be a broker until you've worked under some broker for three years? Yes. So,
0: yeah, you have to be selling real estate full time for three years in order to um, take the class um, or not even really just the class yet in order to take the test. So, um, you know, you get this little booklet um, when you decide to take the class and you have to bring it to the broker of the company that you work for and they have to sign off. And I think two other people have to sign on on it too, at least before COVID, because I remember having to be a signer because I'm the um, office manager here. But, you know, you have to have these people saying, yes, you've been selling real estate full time, right. you are an ethical person, you know what you're doing and you should, you know, go for your broker's license. Someone who is a broker doesn't necessarily have to own a company. So we have some broker associates here. Um, Trish Flynn, Nick Flynn, they were both on the show recently. They are associate brokers. I know Donna Bagney is an associate broker. Um, uh, Sue Bollinger is an associate broker. I'm sorry. Laura Reaney. Laurie, La- yes, Laurie Reney. My mentor. Yes, your mentor, yes. Uh, Michelle went through the mentoring program here at Boston Connect Real Estate, and Laurie Rene, um her and I have known each other even before Boston Connect. We worked at another company together and decided to leave and come here together, and oh. we've been here ever since. Did I you know did, that about I did us? did not know that. Yes, I've <laughs> known Laurie for quite a long time, almost 10 years now, almost 10 years. Wow. Yeah, did so, you recruit who? Uh, she had already left, yeah. But she, and I will, I will tell everybody, so she came in, I was a, an office manager somewhere, somewhere else, and she came in to get her last check. And I remember it being um, uh, St. Patrick's Day, and she put um, chocolate coins on my desk, and she said, change is good. Oh. I love- <laughs> <laughs> and I said, hmm. And I'll never forget that. That was almost 10 years ago. Well, it was, yeah, about nine years ago. That might be a buffini thing. <laughs> it might be. Yeah, it might be. But um yeah, no, she she's great. I love her. And um she she's been on the show too and um where were we going with that? Oh she's a broker. She's a broker associate yeah. as well, so she's had a broker license for quite some time. Um but Sharon, who is not only the broker of this company, but she's the owner of this company, Boston Connect Real Estate, and she um she had to go through additional training. So she obviously was in um, at another company before um, opening up Boston Connect. She went to a couple different companies um, locally around here and just decided that she wanted to sort of open up her own and have her own little cap here here on the South Shore. So, um, so she opened up Boston Connect Real Estate in 2010. But in order to do that, she had to become a broker because in order to sort of make the final decisions and, and have that sort of last say um, and responsibility of the company you have to have your broker's license um, so she went took the took the class took the test and, and passed it there so she glad is she did yes so <laughs> glad she did um, but yeah no so, so that's the difference between realtor salesperson and broker it's really just a it's, it's a preference thing but also where is it that you want to land so um, you know there are companies that don't you know require you to be a realtor um, but we, we made a decision that that's something that is important to us and important to our clients. So we decided to do that. Great. Have anything else you want to say about that part? No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy being a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> this one is going to be good for us. So we, we say all the time a buyer's agent, a seller's agent. What can you say, um, that would, uh, you know, sort of educate our listeners of what the difference is between a buyer's agent and a seller's agent?
2: Um, I'll keep it simple. A buyer's agent represents the buyer, and a seller's agent represents the seller. And <laughs> the simplest terms.
0: It's that's that simple. I mean, it, you know, a buyer's agent does represent uh, the buyer's, you know, and then we can get into dual agency, so there's, you know, a dual agent is somebody who represents both sides. Which I'm doing right now. And you are. So so is yeah. this your first time being a dual agent? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And how do you feel about it? Well, I was
2: very, I was nervous, I'll admit it. Yeah. Um, just because you want to do right by both sides. Yeah. So,
0: so well, We'll give a little backstory. You um, represented the seller at first. You put on a listing. Yes. Is this your condo? Yes. Yes. So you put on the listing. Um, you actually called into the show and talked about it. Mm-hmm. I remember that a couple of weeks ago. And um, you know, you did someone come in and was unrepresented, or did you know somebody? Like, were you already I, working with somebody? I
2: actually had a buyer.
0: Ah, uh, so. yeah. Yep, so it worked out. <laughs> Yeah, so you were you were, had already established this relationship with the buyer. correct? Maybe with other properties or yep. anything like that. So um, when you, you know, got this listing, you probably went to them and said, hey, you know, I have a new listing coming on. Let me know if you want to see it mm-hmm. type exactly. of thing. But you had to have a conversation with your seller as well. Right. And you had to have a conversation with your buyer and say, hey, I just want to let you know in this moment, I represent the seller with this property. Right. Do you want representation as well? Because it it gets a little dicey. You know, you had already established relationships with both of them. Um, So, how did you sort of navigate that, having Uh, it be your first time?
2: Right. Well, of course, I spoke with Sharon. Yeah. And um, I believe, and Sue Bollinger too. So, I I reached out to her. And um, just have to know your part. You can't give any. Cross information, you know, I yeah. represent the seller, so I can't let the you know the buyer know what the seller will do and yeah. vice versa. So yeah, you just have to be honest and um, do your job.
0: Yeah. So when you're a buyer's agent or when you're a seller's agent, depending on whichever, if you, in in some cases you'll be a dual agent, but um, you know when you are a designated buyer's agent or a designated seller's agent, you are representing that. Individual or pair, or what, or, you know, it could be a family, it could be an estate or anything, mm-hmm. but whoever is selling the house, whoever is buying the house or land, property, whatever it may be, um, you're representing their best interest. And you ha- have to keep things that are confidential, whether right. it's financial, you know, anything like that. You have to keep these things confidential because sometimes people do say, hey, you know, I want to put my house on the market for X amount of dollars, but I'd take it you know, X minus X amount of dollars, you know, but you'll never say that to somebody, you know, if if an agent came to you and was like, oh, what's the lowest they'd go? You know, I would probably say, well, they'll accept, um, you know, they would probably consider at or above asking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they would prefer, (laughs) they would entertain.
2: But there are people out there that do that. They they will. Yeah, they will. They'll let them know and it's not.
0: Sorry. You know, and it's it's particularly tricky in sort of these markets where it's, there's a lot of buyers have been doing it for a while. So I don't want to call it desperate, because that's not what it is. It's it's maybe they get fatigue or they're tired, and they just like really, like, are feeling like they can't get that little, like, edge, you know, mm-hmm. the little boost that they need. Um, so sometimes you ask questions that, you know, maybe no nobody's going to answer. <laughs> like, yes. what's the lowest that they'll yeah. take, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. So, uh, you know, anything else with buyer's agent, seller's agent, dual agency? Um, primarily, what do you think that you are, a buyer's agent or a seller's agent?
2: Um, I'm pretty even. Of I, I think I've actually sold more in my short career that I've had so far so but it's important to have five years isn't short well I guess compared five years to isn't 10 short. or 20 like some of the people in listen
0: there are I, I said it earlier when I was in my little class there you know I'm sitting in a class that you have to take every couple of years with you know people who have been in the industry for a long time or a short time and sometimes it's the same playing field because you know if you don't if you're not educating and keeping up with everything right. you know you're still is sort of living and working in the past so um it it, it does not matter okay okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're always learning <laughs> you're always learning but that's the thing about that I love about you is like if you like you are the type of agent or maybe even person that like you wouldn't do something and do it wrong. You would rather ask the question first, right. so you could do it right. Right. You know. So, and I love that. And you sh- and you should be like that. You, as in general, not just you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you in general. Everyone should be like that. Um, okay. Buyers' market, sellers' market. I feel like it's sort of self-explanatory, but why don't you explain it a little bit?
2: Um. Well, what we're if you're in a seller's market, which we are, still in a seller's market, mm-hmm. um, there's not a lot of inventory, so mm-hmm. um, it makes it tough for the buyers, but great for the sellers. So yeah. we it, are still in a seller's market. So in
0: a seller's market, the sellers are what seeing, a, you well, know, more they, offers, they could, multiple yes. offers over asking, possibly, you know, getting it, getting everything or, or more that they want right. or desire, as long as they price it right. Yes, that is important. That's important. That <laughs> is very important um, to price it yeah. right, but. Um, and buyer's market.
2: Buyer's market would be if there's tons of inventory and there's just not enough out there. And yeah. So
0: yeah, i I was feeling I was feeling the seller's market as a buyer. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think I put eight offers in in my sort of home journey, and uh, yeah, it was. The first couple were like sort of testing the water, mm-hmm. like a, you know sort of not giving away everything. And then I sort of found myself being like, I never thought that I would do this. I never thought that I would do right. this. Like, wave this or whatever. Like, And then at the end, I was like, I want this house. <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes. I want this house.
2: <laughs> I, feel, I feel, well, you were in search for over a year. So I feel yeah. like, you know, after you've put in eight offers and you've been searching as long as you have, I had buyers that were like, that. It's funny. In the beginning, they were like, Didn't look at this type. Well, they didn't even look at this price range, and then bam, they're like over here, (laughs) Mm, yeah, going over asking where before they wouldn't. So, yeah, it all depends, like you said, where you're at. Yeah, I mean,
0: yeah, that is true. So with the house that I ended up getting, I I did go over asking, but I didn't go like crazy crazy over asking because. I at the end of the day I'm one person I didn't have anybody to like be like hey can you help me with the mortgage right. <laughs> it's like I'm not splitting it with anybody it's just me right. so I had to live within my means as much as I wanted a house so badly I just I could I did what I could do this was yeah. the best that I could offer Um, and you know fortunately it wasn't just about the price for the seller you know and it, and sometimes it's really not that way with sellers Sometimes it's they want more time, or they don't. They want a quick close, or a long close, or they don't want to deal with some a home inspection or anything like that. You know, right. so it's not just the price; right. so it's the also the terms. Right. Um, Comparative market analysis. So we say CMA, mm-hmm. we know what CMA means. CMA means comparative market analysis. What is a CMA? How do you do a CMA? Um, what's, what's in a CMA and why are they useful?
2: So a CMA comparative market analysis is when we take your property and then we compare it to similar properties. So part of our job is we'll look on MLS to see properties that have sold within the last six months um or so or last year, uh and just well mostly six months. Um and, and just compare them, bedroom count, similar style home, square footage and um Yeah. And we get a price range of where, you know, based on the condition of your
0: home compared to yeah. the
2: homes that are on the market. So
0: And do you, so how do you go about, you have your, do do you do your first initial meeting with your client? Like say, you know, you're putting a house on the market, you want to do a CMA for Mm -hmm. them, but you have to do a pre-CMA. So that's when you go to the house and you are able to ask questions about the house, like age of the roof, age of the, anything. Um, you know, the heating system, septic system, because those are factors into the value of a home. They really are. That's what buyers are looking for, is to know as much as they can about the house. Um, Plus, if they know a lot about the house beforehand, chances are, like, they might waive their home inspection because they feel like they've already, especially if things are maintained well, you know. So, um, but the CMA... It contains sort of a range of what your property could potentially sell for, what it should go on the market for. Um, But, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, we give a range. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, you can be on the lower end of the range and possibly get over asking, or you can be at the top of the range and hopefully get that. Or, um, you know, you sort of see where you sort of land with those offers. Right. Um, or they might sit on the market a little bit.
2: Yep, I actually have an appointment Saturday. for You do? Uh, I'm pre-listing, so oh, the, first, pre-listing. the first initial yeah. appointment. So.
0: so when you present your CMAs, walk me through that. Do you have them come to the office? Do you have, do you go to them and present it? Do you print something out? Do you have a presentation? Like what is it, walk me through your CMA.
2: So my first initial appointment, I'll um, do a presentation on what to expect on selling your home. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'll ask all the questions about the home, age of the roof, heating system, et cetera. Um, I'll take pictures just to help me remember. So then when I go back to the office to do the actual CMA, then it just gives me a refresher Mm -hmm. when I'm looking at the other properties. Then I'll go back for a second appointment with the CMA and... um, Walk away with that listing appointment. Yes, you
0: are. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> yeah, um, little miss. Oh, you know, I've only been in for five years. So you're like, yeah, I'm walking away with this listing. Yeah, but I was praying well here. <laughs> yes, you were. That's why you love it, right? <laughs> um. You are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. My name is Melissa Wallace. I am joined live in studio by full-time realtor here at Boston Connect Real Estate, Michelle Fay. If you want to join in on the discussion or if you want to ask us any questions, hear any real estate lingo and you don't really know what it means, give us a call. 781-837-4900 is the number at the studio. And I'm waving because hopefully, oh yeah, we do have a few people watching on Facebook. So hello, um... If you have any questions or want to know what anything means, just put it in the chat, too. So, um, Okay, so MLS. We say that all the time. So somebody recently asked me about um, Zillow, and they're like, oh, yeah, Zillow's so accurate, and, like, that's where you put all the information. I'm like, no, 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 (laughs) no, 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 (laughs) no. It pulls from MLS, and they were like, what's MLS? So what is MLS, Michelle? It's the Multiple Listing Service, and it's a database that –
2: us as realtors, brokers, real estate agents have access to. And if I were listing a property, that's where I would put all the information and then that feeds all the third party sites out there like Zillow, Realtor, Redfin. yeah, so they get their information from us. So if you are with working with an agent, it's most you'll get the most accurate information and you'll be then the first to know on anything. Because the apps, yeah. you know, they might be delayed or they'll they'll have wrong... Because I've had plenty of times yeah. like, oh, can you check this house for me? You know, I saw it on Zillow and it's like, oh, it's not even on the market. So <laughs> Yeah. so Well, it's so
0: whatever. it's inter- interesting that you say that because, um, you know, th- this person that I was speaking to, they were like, oh, yeah, Zillow is so accurate. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that hurts my heart. As a realtor, <laughs> hurts my heart. <laughs> and they're like, you know, why wouldn't it be accurate if it pulls from MLS? And I'm saying... And I'm like... It's delayed and it doesn't always translate correctly. So, you know, we have to put in a lot of information, a lot more information into MLS, Mm -hmm. multiple listening service that pulls to Zillow and all these you know third-party sites but they don't have all the same information yeah. so it gets little jumbled it gets lost in translation mm-hmm. so if you're watching me you can watch my fingers <laughs> go like this it gets lost in translation so it's over here gets lost and then it like sort of finds a place in Zillow and yeah. <laughs> like all these other sites you
2: like that <laughs> but they don't even show all the remarks but and and they so don't. yeah everywhere.
0: they don't show all the remarks and everything like that um, you know, so there might be firm remarks, there might be you know disclosures that aren't pulled from there um you know open houses, you, you know any restrictions or showing instructions um, and and also it, it it usually doesn't pull who the listing agent is either, <laughs> of course.
2: <laughs> Of course, because they
0: they (laughs) sell all your information. So if you fill out all those forms on all these third-party sites, you're probably nine times out of ten going to get a phone call from somebody who is not the listing agent, who's probably never seen the property, who knows nothing about it, and they're going to call you and say, oh, hold on, let me call you back once I get all the information. You know what? Finding out the information firsthand would be to already link up with with a realtor, have a relationship with a realtor, represent you as a buyer so we can set you up on MLS mm-hmm. multiple listing service and you can get that information right firsthand. First hand. First hand because your realtor will say, "Hey, just wanted to make sure f- they'll follow up with you. Hey, just wanted to make sure that you saw the email this morning. You know, uh, 123 Main Street just came on. I think it's a great fit for you. Like, you know, okay. let me know if you want to schedule a showing." Hello, they're like That's your realtor reaching out to you about your needs. Right. The, all these third-party sites will send you emails until you, your inbox is at 150,000 emails like mine. It's my personal one, not my work <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> I have 150,000 unread emails yes. that it's just junk. It just gets lost in translation. It's jumbled. But if you hire a professional mm-hmm. like Michelle Fay... Full-time realtor, but Austin <laughs> Connect Real Estate. She'll give you a call. She'll 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 send right you a message. Away. If you prefer to text, she'll text you. She if you prefer an email, she'll email you. She'll show up All with hours. she'll show up to do your open house if you're selling a house with her with fresh baked cookies because <laughs> I I I've seen that firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it firsthand. I've gone to one of Michelle's open houses with, and she's, she's like, oh, I baked some cookies today. <laughs> Smells <laughs> and I love like it. my house. <laughs> yeah, love it. I love it. I love it. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So, yes, MLS is sort of our hub. It's the hub. I'm making a fist if you can uh, see me on Facebook. It's our hub. And then all the information sort of gets from there. So if you want it firsthand right away, you know, get set up on MLS and you can do that through your agent. Um, power of attorney. Some of these are just, you know, whatever. So POA is power of attorney. So if for some reason you can't, you know, uh, sign any of these documents, you can hire an attorney and the attorney can represent you when when signing them. So, some people do it just for closings. Um, right. So they don't have to attend closings. They feel as though, you know, they they don't need to go to the closing and um, they can just record it right right away. Nice. So, um, that's what POA is. HOA is um, Homeowners Association. We've talked about this on our um, <clears throat> on our condos and uh, on our condos show a couple weeks ago. Um, and HOA is Homeowners Association. There are pros and cons. So if you want to go to talk. For- Roundtable.com, you can listen to that show because I feel like we can go on and on about yeah. condos and homeowners associations and everything like that um, with the fees and questions, of what you should be asking. Um, <clears throat> but we went over all of that on our show. Um, so, oh, when you're, so now we're going into, we'll go back into MLS. So we're in MLS. There's a couple of things, um, statuses that you can see when you're looking at properties. So CTG means contingent. What does contingent mean, Michelle?
2: Contingent means an offer has been made and accepted, but there might be some terms that they're still waiting. There might be a home inspection, Yeah, due diligence. There's a contingency. Contingency, right. There's and a for. contingency,
0: yeah. So if you um, are a buyer or a seller and you've actually seen a, um, an offer, and maybe i'll post like an offer on like our story on instagram or something tomorrow so like people can sort of reference because a lot of people haven't seen like actual real estate documents Mm -hmm. before like if they haven't bought or sold anything um part of i know part of your meetings and sort of every realtor's meeting they should be going over these documents so so their clients become familiar with them Mm -hmm. um but um, yes, CTG means contingent, so a house went on the market, it received an offer that was accepted, however there is a contingency before they move on to the next step of the real estate process. So, like you said, it could be a home inspection, it could be they just need to sign purchase and sales, they you know, are just waiting for something. So usually, um, you know, if, if they're signing purchase and sales, if they had a home inspection or whatever, it usually takes like seven to 10 days to get to the next step. <clears throat> Unless you're in the seller's market. Unless you're in the seller and
2: you're like, nope, this is it. Closing these dates up. Yeah,
0: tighten these (laughs) dates up.
2: (laughs) Which, if you have a good buyer's
0: agent, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, who's Erin Devin Wilcox? Oh, that's Erin Wilcox. That's my cousin. Oh, she says yes with praying hands. Michelle is amazing. (laughs) And
2: she... And she went to school with George Post. Oh, she
0: did. Yes, oh, wow. We yeah. love George. Yeah, George comes Hi. on the show, too, with Jasmine. Hi. <laughs> um, and Lori Reeny's watching, too. Hi, Lori. Um, yeah, so uh, another one is DOM, which is Days on Market. Mm-hmm. Um, So that just literally means days on market. So a a property, um, when you look into MLS, you can see a number. It says D-O-M and then a number. So that means how many um, days it took to get an accepted offer on that property. Right now, in the past couple of years, they've been pretty low. If the house is uh, priced accordingly Mm -hmm. um, and they accepted an offer pretty quickly, their uh, days on market is low. A a high days on market property could be new construction, Mm-hmm. so a lot of times um, I know Sharon and Mary have a lot of new construction the Grady team do a lot of new construction the Flynn's do new construction too um, you know they they might put a property or multiple properties in a development on at the same time and you know depending on when buyers want to you know purchase new construction it, those days are adding up but it's very common with new construction to have high days on market you know yeah
2: but if you have a house that's been sitting a regular house yeah. and you're a, so you're a, a new resale, buyer yeah. or, say, or say you're a new buyer coming to the market and if something's been sitting you, you have an opportunity yeah. to negotiate you,
0: yeah well you have an opportunity to ask the questions hey can I ask you you know why the house has been sitting on the market it could be price mm-hmm. it could be that the um, property has had um, you know multiple offers on it but they've all fallen through maybe after home inspection maybe there's something going on with the property that's not being taken care of or you know, just deterring people from from putting in an offer on that. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times the days on market is important to clients. So they're going to be looking at it and seeing. But it's the, the realtor's responsibility to do that research mm-hmm. and to get that information. Right. Um, but usually you can tell right away when you get to a property, be like, oh, yeah, this is overpriced. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> oh, no, there's... Definitely black substance everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the reason why you're not getting an offer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I almost just said, you know what I mean, jelly bean. <laughs> and there we go. <laughs> I just said it too. <laughs> um. Okay. What else do we have? Oh, purchase and sale agreement. So we call it a um, PNS or a PSA, which is called a purchase and sale agreement. So once this document is signed, so this is sort of, I think there's like 18 pages to it or something. Um. Ride, that and rider. yeah and a rider and all these. it's it, it goes into detail everything about the sale of the property the land the conveyance you know what are you gonna it has the sale price in it when the closing date is you know any contingencies that are still um sort of on the table um before closing you know if you're going for a mortgage there's you know mortgage information in there it's sort of just breaking down the attorneys go back and forth and they sort of figure figure it all out and when I was going through the process I remember I, I used a manual ebot at styles law and he I, he called me and he said oh yeah I've been going back and forth but it's pretty pretty straightforward easy whatever and he just went over like some of the things that he thought that you know were important um that were that he changed and I was like wow like you pretty you took care of everything he's like well yeah it's that's I'm getting that's paid for that's what my job is. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Cuz I, I was you. representing myself too. So I was like in this moment am i the realtor or am i the buyer and i'm like no i'm the buyer i was like oh wait i'm the one who has to sign these documents okay um but yeah no so uh, a pns or a psa is a purchase and sale agreement it's you know you come together a buyer and a seller and they agree on the final terms you sign it and you know you you put another earnest money deposit Um, so what's that an EMD earnest money deposit? So you usually put, um, you know, it could be a thousand dollars down with the offer, 5,000, $10,000 with the offer, whatever. Um, and then you put an additional percentage down at purchase and sales, and then you can put an additional percentage down at closing. Um, but that's all something that you work out with your loan officer, why it's very important to keep in touch with your loan officer during the whole entire process, Mm -hmm. um, Anything else you want to say about the the purchase and sales agreement? No, I think you cover that. That usually, yeah. you know, again, if you're not tightening up your timeline, like you <laughs> said, it's like seven to ten days after an accepted offer. Yeah. So, um, at least we were seeing like seven to ten days, maybe before COVID. But with everything getting so mm. fast paced, um, and, and you know, if the seller wants a tight timeline and you've waived everything, then you know it could right. be three days. Yeah. <sighs> That's a lot. I know. I feel like I didn't take a breath in that (laughs) one. (laughs) Um, Okay, so escrow, I can go, uh, I can talk about that. So I, um, you know, as a real estate company, we hold the earnest money deposit in a non-interest bearing account at our bank, um, and that is... Your earnest money deposit, again, like I said, you put um, money down at uh, offer, at purchase and sales, and we keep it in the account um, until the closing. So it's sort of like um, good faith money. So this is, you know, I agree to, you know, p- make an offer on this. I agree to sign a purchase and sales. I agree to to buy this house. Um, and we we keep that, again, in a non-interest bearing account. We, we're supposed to do that um, as a real estate company. So Um, some companies don't do it and they have an attorney do it or maybe it might be in the state or um, a bank owned property they might keep it uh, keep it in an escrow account there but um, here at Boston Connect Real Estate we we have our own escrow account for it so um, that's sort of how it works um, and sort of where where we get the money from during the transaction but um yeah but after closing we cut the checks. Goodbye. <laughs> not our. It's not our money. So there you go. We give it to the person it's supposed to be. So, um, uh, what? What else? What else? What else? Oh, some contingencies. You want to go over? So we we talked about um, a uh, home inspection. A home inspection, appraisal, appraisal contingency. contingency. So what's an appraisal?
2: So an appraisal is when the lender um, sends out um, the appraiser to give his professional opinion of the property so that the lender knows whether the property's worth what the buyer is, is um, buying it for so that yeah. they lend the money. So I actually yeah. met with my appraiser on Monday.
0: Okay, so why so, don't you wa- walk us through that process as a, as a um, well, will you? Represented both sides, so <laughs> that is an interesting one. But well, I as I a seller's, thinking, I agent, as seller's agent, yeah, as a seller's agent. So the seller's agent typically goes and meets the appraiser at the property. So walk us through what, what you do during um, your meeting with the appraiser.
2: So he gets a copy of the purchase and sale if he doesn't already have that. And then my job is to bring attention to any updates that would make the house appraise at a higher value so if they had just put a new roof on every new septic you want to make sure that the appraiser knows all that information um and he'll go around and he you know takes pictures of the property does measurements and um yeah that's about it Really. yeah, yeah. he's essentially yeah, coming a up in. Uh,
0: yeah you know? he's a uh, you know or she uh is a third party um that comes in and sort of be uh, gets uh, a value for the property submits it to the bank and you know hopefully they they approve it and and that's that right. um and and you get the loan for it (laughs) because sometimes it comes in under so um you know if it comes in under then the buyer and seller have to sort of decide what what to do from there so are you know some options are that the if it comes in below what they are under agreement for then the seller can come down to that price and that's the agreed upon price the buyer can come up with a difference in cash um So if they're able to do that, that is an option. Um, They could meet in the middle. So Mm -hmm. they could maybe say it's a difference of ten thousand dollars. Then the seller can come down five. The buyer can come up five. So um, there's definitely some options out there. um, But if you have an appraisal contingency, um, you know, depending on everything else, all the other language in there, the buyer could walk away if if they you know can't get a loan for it. Right. Um.
2: some not everybody has the cash. Yeah. To do that, so.
0: Well, that's why it's like it's really important, you know, especially when we were seeing all, all these numbers like a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars over asking, but it has an appraisal contingency with it. You know, the follow up question as a as a seller's agent would be to the buyer's agent, like, what's what what's your um, buyer's expectation when or if this does not appraise? you know, are they able to come up with a difference because you are coming to me and saying that this is what you feel the value of the home is.
2: Right. Well, we actually had, I remember one one of my um, listings, we actually asked for proof of funds that they could cover the appraisal if they were, if, because they went over the value. Yeah. So they had to prove that, a that, they had, that they That's a contingency that they could put in. Yeah. Right.
0: So. Kristen Hallett's watching. Hi. She says hi, ladies. Hi. <laughs> we only have a couple minutes left. Um, so I don't know if there's other um, things on here that you want to get through before um, I give you an opportunity to re sort of introduce yourselves and let everybody know how they can get in touch with you before the end of the show. Um, what else do we have? So we went well, through the importance of, of having a pre approval. Oh, yes. Tell us. Tell us why it's important to be pre-approved <laughs> by, by by a loan officer or a bank or something. Why is it important?
2: Because you've, you've been verified that <laughs> you can apply for yeah. the, that you might possibly get the loan. So, yeah. Instead of being pre-qualified. Yeah. Um, which is just
0: going it, by someone's word. Yeah. You filled out a form and they said, oh, said
1: yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Right. But um, a pre-approval is, you know, you've sort of submitted your initial documents mm-hmm. to um, a loan officer or bank or whatever, uh, and um, they've gone through, um, lightly combed mm-hmm. through what what they um, have gotten from you and said, oh, yeah, you know, this is what you, based off of your income, your assets, um, your debt, anything like that, this is, this is sort of where your sweet spot is. Um, and uh, I know I sat with Jasmine for like two and a half hours, and I was like, what? <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha I can afford a house. (laughs) Like I was more shocked than anybody. I was like, "What?" Um, But yeah, and I always say this: you don't, you never know the answer to a question that you don't ask. So, um, you know that that's that's your first step is to speak with a loan officer. Obviously, if you want your first step, and we hope that your first step could be to um, you know get connected with a loan uh, with with a real estate agent, realtor uh, here at Boston Connect Real Estate, maybe Michelle too. Um, Usually, um, you know, the realtor will have like one, two, three, you know, loan officers that they've been working with for a while that they would definitely recommend um, to a The other uh, to thing, abide. too, is they
2: can help you get your credit score up, too. So yeah. like they might say, well, you know, yeah, let's get Yeah, if you need up. some
0: credit repair, um, yeah, you know, they're really great on. wealth of knowledge to help mm-hmm. you um, either guide you in the right direction or help you, really, you know, together. Um, I had a really hard time. So I have student loans. I went to college and, you know, I, I took out student loans. Loans for that, that was the hardest part of my uh sort of home purchase journey was the student loan aspect because you couldn't get anybody on the phone. Uh. You could not get anybody on the phone, and I, all I needed was a letter, you know, just stating like, "Oh, this is what she pays every month. This is what the like." That was the hardest part. And Jasmine and George at Maritime Mortgage were like saints, like they and I. I know I called Jasmine one time and I was like, "I don't know, I'm gonna get this letter," and she's like. It's okay. Like, well, th- you're gonna get it. Don't worry. Like... W- You know, step back from the ledge. (laughs) Because I was like, I'm never going to get the house. She's like, oh, yeah, no, you are. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, so she she definitely was my saving grace in that moment. Um, We only have a minute left, so I want to give you an opportunity. We we didn't even get through half of these. But we
2: stayed on point.
0: We did stay on point. (laughs) Did did everybody realize that? Did everyone see that? We stayed on point. Um, Why don't you uh, let everybody know how they can get in touch with you if they want to uh, hire you as a buyer's agent or as a seller's agent. Um, you can reach me at 339-788-1548.
2: That's my cell phone number. Give that one more time. 339-788-1548.
0: Woo-hoo! Um, you can also go to bostonconnect.com, find all of our contact information out. Again, we're we, we are on. We're live every Tuesday night and Saturday morning, so if you haven't caught any of our shows, if you want to re-listen to any of our shows, talkrealestateroundtable.com. You can go to your podcast app and type in Talk Real Estate Roundtable, I'm so glad that you joined me yeah, tonight. Me See too. how easy that was. Easy. We had a fun, <laughs> fun topic tonight. Um, and, and, uh, and I had fun. So thanks yeah, for thank joining you. me. Thank so you. you might have to do it every month with me. I, I could do that. <laughs> I to I, I get used to it.
2: <laughs> you can.
0: You can. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. I am back on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. with Sharon McNamara. Bye.